Oh, hi. Sorry, I have my mic off. <laughs> oh, no, no problem at all. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm still no, waking sorry. up. It's, it's, it's a bit past 3 a.m. I had to set my alarm. So. Oh, no problem at all. So how can I help you, man? Um, well, I was hoping to uh, maybe chat with you a little bit about um, kind of, I, like I mentioned in my email, I kind of have this problem with, um, I, I mentioned binge eating, but it's kind of like this, this cycle of, of like, I guess I could describe it as like um, hyperactivity, like followed by like a, a cycle through of like lethargism. Like um, I'll be I'll be like really really active and like um, you know like I'll go through like I'll go to the gym and like I'll go play sports and like I'll wake up early and go study before work and like you know like I'm unstoppable one week and then I just. I just hit this wall and then I just get like really lethargic and I just like, um, like all I can do is just like think about just coming home and just like, um, eating a bunch of junk food and relaxing like the next week. And, uh, like I just, I've been going through the cycle for a long time and, um, I'm kind of having trouble figuring out how to, how to break it. Cause it's, it's really starting to bother me with how, like, uh, sometimes it really kind of consumes, consumes me in terms of like, uh, what I'm thinking and, and kind of like it interferes with um, other things I want to do, you know. So I've been trying to figure out, you know, where it's coming from and, uh, and I'm having a little trouble with it. So I was wondering if uh, you might be able to help me out. Uh, by vaguely possible, I suppose. What about, um, uh, have you ruled out medical issues? Have I, have I looked at medical issues? Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel it's uh, a medical issue. Um, I, I mean, I, I, well, when I've, when I've been actually, last time I was back in the states, uh, I got a, I, I mentioned it to my doctor, you know, about about that, and he said he basically told me he said, well, I mean, he said a lot of that's normal. He said as long as you're you're staying active, you know, it, it shouldn't be a concern as far as like health problems or weight loss or diabetes or, you know, anything like that. Cause I kind of expressed my concern about, about the eating. And, uh, he said, he told me more or less not to worry about that. And that was, uh, about a year and a half ago. So right. I, I don't, okay. I don't usually go to doctors in Japan unless I'm sick. Right. Right. Okay. And how long has this been going on? Um, I'd say, well, uh, off and on for, Quite a few years, I think, um, since I was in college, I would have been a, a about a junior in college, so about five years. I'm uh, sorry. Just before we continue, I'm getting a bit of an echo. Do you have speakers on? No, actually, I, I have a headset on. I'm okay, maybe maybe coming from my at the end of the world. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's see. How about uh, telling me a little bit about? So let's let's assume let's assume that it's not medical, right? I mean, what the hell do I know? I'm just some idiot on the internet with a bunch of amateur opinions. But let's assume that it's uh, not medical. Are there any patterns to the cycle that you know of, right? Because I mean, not that I'm competent to diagnose in any way, shape, or form. But the, the the typical thing I'm sure you've thought about is this sort of manic depression kind of thing, right? Right, right. Of course, but. Right. Uh, my understanding of manic depression is it is it it's, doesn't it tend to happen more in, in um, longer periods like the t the cycle tends to happen in, in longer time periods, right? So I mean, it, it's not like it, it isn't it isn't typically like you know one week like from week to week, isn't it more kind of like months at a time, or is it or can it be in that short of a time period? I'm I really am not I don't have enough expertise okay. to tell, but I'm sure you can find that out uh, online. Yeah, because I remember just checking it, and it and it it it, uh, it said it, it's typically the mood swings last for months at a time and can be. I, I don't feel they're that uh, um, excessive, or not excessive, but that uh, um, lengthy. Yeah, that lengthy and that um, extreme. Right. Because I'm. It's not like I'm immobile. Like I enjoy going to work and and everything like that. So it's not like. You know, I, I'm not enjoying work when, even when I'm in, in kind of my lethargic stage. Right, right. Okay. Uh, do you, have you noticed if there are any particular events or situations that seem to be a trigger for the change in energy levels? Yeah, actually. Um, 
I before. Um, I mean, particularly since I, I came to Japan, um, I, I think it's been it's been stress, but also like the the last time I kind of um, like I've been really lethargic this week, and but last week I was just kind of like I said I was kind of unstoppable, but I just I um, I went really hard, and then and then Sunday I just had this like overwhelming like urge to relax which which you know which is fine but whenever i get this really strong urge to relax i also get this really strong urge to to eat uh too and i always kind of couple like eating and stuff with like video it's it's always kind of like it, it always kind of goes hand in hand it's not just eating it's just kind of like lounging around laying in bed doing nothing but watching tv or playing video games at the same time and uh like like I said, the trigger, it, it's, it's more this kind of like, I just want to relax. And when I think of relaxing, that's, that's kind of all I can think of. It's hard for me to think of, of, um, relaxing without those, those kind of things. Um, it's not so much stress eating anymore because I, I've kind of recognized, like I'll have like a really frustrating day. Like when, when my kids like really frustrate me and I'll just like, I'll feel really, like frustrated and I'll just be kind of like, ah, oh, screw it. I don't, I don't, I don't care. And when I, when I feel like that, I have a really strong urge to, to eat as well. But I, I've been able lately more to recognize that and to kind of, uh, uh, not do so much stress eating. But I think part of that too is stress triggers. Right. Right. Well, um, how familiar are you with the show and the way that I sort of ask questions about these kinds of issues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've listened to a lot of listener conversations. And okay, so you know what my next question is going to be, right? <laughs> uh, I have a vague idea. All right. Well, I'll ask it, and you can tell me if it makes any sense. Okay. Um, what were your parents' relationships to food and to stress and to relaxing? Um. Well. Um. As far as. Um food when I was younger um, I, I I don't I don't have as much of a memory as a food but I, I do remember whenever my dad would come home um, from work uh, my dad my dad's been a, a daily drinker since I can remember so I mean that's I think that's always kind of been his his way of relaxing as I always remember him coming home and, and basically having a few beers the rest of the night. And, uh, you know, and, uh, he'd always, um, have a few beers and then he'd just be kind of eating handfuls of, you know, chips and, and, uh, you know, more recently he'll just kind of have a go at a box of cookies and, and everything like that. And as for my mom, um, I don't remember seeing my mom, um, kind of do, anything like, like that, that I, that I can recall as far as, you know, kind of like, um, relaxing and just kind of, you know, having, having a bunch of food or anything like that. And she wasn't, she wasn't much of a drinker when I was younger. But that changed? Um, yeah. Um, about the time I think I was in college, she started drinking every day. And she's actually, she's always been now, sorry, just interrupt. Um, what else did you say started in college? What else? Mm -hmm. For for uh, my my parents? No, for you. Oh, for me. Um, well, that's that's when the uh, like the the a few that's when the binge eating started to become a problem. Right. It actually it actually happened around the time after I got really into working out. And, uh, well, sorry. Let me just um, connect the dots, which may yeah, not yeah. be may not be valid, but it's just what struck me that you said that your, these issues began for you uh, at college. And I think we talked about the mood swings that uh -huh. uh, they began to occur for you around college. And then you said that your mom started drinking daily around the, the college college age for you as well. Right. Were were they at all similar in time frames? <sighs> I I'm trying to think. Um, because I was, I was living at college. I wasn't home very much when, when, when I started binge eating, but, um, I think I remember seeing my mom drink when I, when I would go home for the weekends and stuff like that. 
Well, college is, you know, three or four years, right? So my question is, around the mood swings, did it coincide at all with your mom starting to drink more? Like in terms of this, this them starting? Oh, yeah. They, they both would have started, yeah, in college. Well, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase this because college is a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. So were they close yeah. in time? Like if it was um, your first year in college versus your fourth year in college, then they're four years apart. If we're both in your first year, then it's closer together, right? Right. Well, the later stages of college. Yeah. All right. So it's third or fourth year. Was it? So it was relatively close that your mood swings began. I'm not saying it's causal. I mean, I don't know, right? But I'm just saying that it's an interesting thing, right? That right. that these things occurred at uh, sort of the same time, right? Yeah. You don't seem convinced. Well, no, 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 no. They, they, they do the timing. I'm just, I'm trying to, trying to remember more the, the specific timing. But I definitely, like, uh, you're right. It definitely coincides. I mean, I, I would say, like, definitively, I know within a year because I know, like, because when, when it started, that was when I was uh, a junior, and I, I went to Japan for the first time when I was a senior, and I definitely remember my mom, um, you know, beginning to have her daily um, rum and coke before I went to Japan. So it was definitely, I think, within the same school year. Okay. And look, I don't know what the cause and effect is of that, if there's any, but right. uh, that would be something to mull over. So uh, why, why do you think your mom began to drink? Um, uh, why she began to drink? Um... Dealing with stress, I suppose, would would be my only guess. I mean, she, I I don't. When she was younger, or not when she was younger, when I was a bit younger, she didn't drink, but she she smokes she smokes pot pretty regularly, almost daily, and she's she did that through when I was in high school. She would smoke pot every day, and uh, she it was she it was always a clear mood changer. So she'd be in a really, really foul mood, and then she'd go in her room, and she'd come out smelling of pot and be in a calm-down mood. And uh, I think she she kind of changed over to... Well, she still does that, but she she drinks now, too, I think, as, as more of a relaxant and a de-stressor, I suppose. Right, okay. And uh, so when she was younger, it was pot. When she got older, it was more drinking. Did, did she curtail the pot use at that time? No, she still smokes every day, as far as I know. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, look, I mean, again, I just want to reiterate, I won't keep repeating this. I'm not an expert, but it would seem to me that there's lots of addictions going on, right? Oh, yeah, the addiction's rampant in my family. Okay, go on. Well, I mean, my sister, I, I, I'm uh, the fourth of five siblings. Um my, I've got three sisters and a brother. My brother is an alcoholic. He smokes pot daily. He's, uh, I would say he's certainly overweight, borderline obese. Um, my middle sister um, almost killed herself drinking last year because her liver was shutting down. And she had to go into rehab. Um, and she's done hard drugs and pot and everything like that. Uh, my dad, like I said, he's been he's been a daily drinker as long as I can remember. Um, and we're talking like you know twelve pack a day kind of thing. And and uh, my mom, like I said, she smoked for a while. Like she smoked cigarettes for a while, and she quit when I was younger. But then you know once I was able to recognize the the smell of pot, I, I realized she was smoking pot too. My sister told me that she remembers my mom smoking pot in front of them in front of the kids when they were three, when she was three. So I would have been like a baby. Um, but apparently she quit after that, um, smoking in front of us. And then my younger sister, um, she got fired for stealing prescription drugs. Uh, she's, um, she's pretty much on the same path of drinking, and she smokes pot all the time too. So the only one who isn't a drug or alcohol person is my oldest sister. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty rampant in my family, right? And uh, do you have any theories as to why uh, why that may be the case, or do you think it's just one of these cycles, like just goes through intergenerationally? You mean in terms of like more environmental or more biological kind of thing? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have any sort of theories? Do you think it's biological or environmental, or I guess it's I mean some mixture? 
Um, I mean, I, I think just from my observations, I think it seems to be more, um, more in response to. Well, basically, I think it's more environmental, just based on my my observations. Because I mean, it's it's. I think it's hard not to get into that stuff when when you. Uh, I mean, between the the way kind of my parents treated us when when we were younger, and the you know the fact that my dad was, uh, you know, he drank all the time and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, that so it doesn't really surprise me that kind of you know everybody else kind of turned out that way. Right, right. And have you done much reading up on uh, addiction and its causes or its sort of theories about it? Um, I mean, I've, I've looked a little bit at it, and, and in fact, uh, I mentioned I had just started therapy, and, and during my first couple sessions, I, I, you know, mentioned it as a concern to my therapist, and, and he said, okay, well, he said, we can kind of talk about that, but he said, generally, you know, he said, uh, uh, an addiction is defined as something that, that is going to interfere with, um, you significantly interfere with your life, you know, you're going to take time off, you know, you're going to call in sick to work when you're not, so you can stay at home, and you know, and, and binge eat or drink or whatever, or, you know, things like that. Um, so, I mean, he, he didn't really define it as, as addiction, but I, I haven't looked too much on, online or, or anything like, you know, like that on what exactly um, addiction would be. But it's it, it certainly feels like it at times because, like, I'll have, like, a binge one day and then the next day at work, like, I, I'm just consumed with these thoughts of, like, you did this yesterday, you can't do it again, like, but at the same time, like, I'm fighting with myself about, like, I just want to go home and buy, I'm thinking of the food I want to buy and just, like, you know, sit there and eat, and it's just, like, it's really starting to, to frustrate me. So, it's, I mean, to me, it feels like uh, in, in, a, an addiction of sorts, you know, of in, in the fact that I, I feel like it's kind of out of out of my control at times. In what way? Well, because like I, I, uh, like even even when I try to tell myself, okay, you know, like you worked really hard this week, you've earned one day of rest, and who cares if you, you know, you go ahead and you know, pig out one day, whatever, it's fine, you know, don't feel guilty about that, just just let yourself have this day, and like I, you know, I try to rational rationalize it to myself, but then but then the next day, I like I'm just like. I just can't stop thinking about, okay, okay, like, you can't do this two days in a row. You can't do this two days in a row. Like, I just have this mantra of, like, you can't do this two days in a row. You, you, you got to eat healthy today. You got to, you know, you got to bounce back. You got to you gotta do this. And it's just like, you know, I just want to tell myself to shut up. And, and But I can't stop thinking. You know, I can, like I said, I can be in the middle of, like, teaching my lesson. And I'm not focused on, on the lesson. I'm focused on food, you know, and not trying not to... to you know, do the same thing. Like, right. No, I look, I understand. I really, I really do. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I understand and I sympathize. At least I think I do. I certainly sympathize and I think I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, uh, was there any religion in your upbringing? Oh yeah. I was raised Roman Catholic. I went to a Catholic grade school and until, until eighth grade. I went to a Catholic grade school and then I went to a public high school. Right. Do you see any similarities or overlap in how you're talking about food and its relationship to you and um, the sort of sin and punishment and all that? Yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely see the uh, repentance kind of aspect of it. You know, you have to repent for for the sin of of binge eating. You can't you can't do it again. You know, kind of like shame on you, kind of thing. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Right. Right. Well, uh, how would you like to proceed? Do you want me to keep asking questions? Um, because I can, always, I can always ask more questions uh, or, you know, in the interest of it being three God knows what in the morning for you, I can sort of give you some thoughts uh, and uh, you can tell me if they make any sense. Um, I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm fine uh, with whatever approach you think might be a little more helpful in, in, in helping me figure this out. I'm All right. Sure. Well, um, I'll share with you my thoughts, and then okay. you can tell me whether they make even the slightest bit of sense or not. Okay. Uh, obsessive or repetitive thoughts around self-management, because I think this is 
in, in some ways the essence of what, what is going on for you? Is this a kind of self-management? Yeah, I think so. I, right. And my, my view on addiction is that it's, it's a kind of self-management. Okay. And um, what I mean by that is that there's, there's two ways in which addiction self-manages or self-medicates. The first is that it's, it's a huge distraction in your life, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like if you could add up the amount of time that you've spent thinking about should you or shouldn't you, have you earned your rest, have you not earned your rest, and so on, I mean, you'd get to live to be 500, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's... And so it's frustrating, right? Then you're like, damn it, I don't want to think about this anymore. But then the thoughts come back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think it also becomes a um, – it, like, it wears a groove in your brain, right? So you're thinking about these things over and over, and what happens then is your, your mind in a state of rest or when you're not distracted by something external, your mind circles these things again, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like that becomes, in a sense, your default mental state yeah. is, is to think about these things. I mean, you know, maybe the word obsession is too strong, maybe it's not, but to, to think repetitively about these issues, that becomes your, 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 your set or your default mental position. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I have trouble. Now, now I kind of, like, I'm, I'm kind of at this stage... Like it makes perfect sense because I'm kind of at this stage where I feel like um, I'm I'm not able to like to dissociate dissociate like um, the binge eating from the relaxing like it they they go I can't like separate them it's like when I think about what I'm how am I gonna relax tonight you know like that's that, that's the only way I can that kind of that's the only thing that comes to mind right you know like I, I can't get out of that that mode. Right. And so, like, I, I feel like I have to constantly keep myself busy, so I don't have time to relax. Because I'm afraid if I'm if I'm going to relax, you know, like I, I can't just stay at home and and do nothing. Like I I have to eat too. Right. So I think that's why I try to keep myself so busy. Is is that well, if I'm busy, then I I, I don't have time to binge eat or whatever. Or or think about whether you should or shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now, I mean, I wasn't shocked when you said religion, and I was less shocked when you said Catholicism. Because really what you're talking about in some ways is a punishment and reward system for yourself, right? Yeah, definitely. Right, so if you work hard enough, then you have earned a night of, uh, you know, junk food and video games and TV, right? Right. But then when you've had that night, you may want more, but you then feel guilty and you have to not do that and you have to go and work and so on, right? Right, and in fact, that's kind of the, the system that I, I had growing up as a child, um, Go on. <laughs> well, when I when I was um, you know uh, in, in grade school and even even in high school, like uh, my mom had a strict policy of of no video games Monday through Thursday, and she took the controllers and she'd hide the controllers. And um, even when I I remember a couple times I tried to negotiate with her, and I tried to say, well, mom, you let me come home and watch an hour of TV after school. And then you make me do my homework, and then I have to do another, and then I, I have another hour or two of free time to watch TV. And I said, I'd rather play video games because I really like video games. So what if I come home and I do all my homework first? I don't even come home and watch TV first. And I show you that I've done all my homework, then can I have the controllers back and I'll give them back at the end of the night? She said, no. And I said, well, well, why? I've done all my homework. Because her, her, you know, her uh, excuse was always, "Well, it's going to interfere with your studies, and it's 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 bad for you, you know, during the week because you're going to get distracted." And uh, I said, "But what if? But if I'm doing all my homework first, and you let me watch TV anyway?" So she said, "Well, no, because that's my rule." And um, now, sorry, just let me interrupt you for a sec because I I don't know if you know how bizarre this sounds to me. Okay. I mean, not you, not you. You're you're just telling me what you're telling me. Right. But do you know why this sounds so bizarre to me? Uh, no. <laughs> well, you know, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But your mom is creating all of these rules around discipline and self-control and having things not interfere with what you need to do. Yeah. Why uh, is that surprising to me? Because, uh, well, that's, that's what I'm having problems with now, right? No, no. Oh, sorry, Wasn't your yeah. mom smoking pot every day? Oh yeah. 
No, seriously, yeah, like no, I mean, yeah. like it's not, it's not funny. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. That's true. I, no, I, no. I, so tell, tell me about that, because that, I mean, you're, you're telling me all of this stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> my my jaw is hanging down by my kneecaps. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't make that connection before. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, she 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 would have this this rule, and like I said, even even through high school, like. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a sophomore, junior in high school. You know, I'm 16 years old, and it's like I come home, like I'm in honors classes, like I'm doing well in school, you know. And it's like I do my homework, I do a little studying, and then I just want to go down and play, you know, uh, like some some shooter games. Like I know you were into Unreal Tournament. I was always oh, yeah. Counter Strike. I was into Counter Strike. Oh yeah, yeah, I played that once at work. It was fun. Yeah, so I was I was loving Counter Strike. I used to play that, you know, and but I was like terrorized because like i was afraid because if my mom came down and saw me playing video games or you know uh you know i bet the extra adrenaline helped but anyway go on (laughs) probably i was oh man i i had that trigger trigger finger ready yeah right um no i just she'd come down and she just uh she'd light me up i mean she she'd uh she'd be really pissed off about um you know, what did I say about my, my rule Monday through Thursday? And Well, did you ever get a rule saying, Mom, could you please not smoke pot? No, no. I think it's interfering with your parenting. Right. I, uh, I think it's interfering with your life. I think it's interfering with my health, having secondhand smoke in the house all day. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, did, you, did, did, did you ever think that as your kid? No, I mean, I didn't. I just, I thought it was... Um, irrational like i said i mean i didn't think about it that way but i thought about well surely if my mom allows me to watch two to three hours of tv a night i can just substitute that for video games like as long as i mean because the, the, her issue was it's going to interfere with your schoolwork. but my 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 argument for that was not the pot thing it was but if i can show you that i'm getting the same amount of work done okay sure. sorry you're still and i don't blame you for this but you're still thinking within the paradigm of you negotiating with your mom i'm asking you to take a step back okay from okay. that Right. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel about your mom smoking pot every day? I wasn't. I wasn't comfortable with it at all. I didn't, Go on. I didn't like it. Um, well, because you know, like especially in high school, you know, like I, I never, I never went drinking at parties, and I never like, you know, I knew guys. And good for you for that. I mean, congratulations. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I was a good kid. <laughs> um, I was never into the party scene, and and uh, I knew, you know, like I played basketball and volleyball in, in high school, and you know, like there were guys who would smoke pot every day before practice. You know, they'd smoke after school. I don't know where they would smoke it, but they'd smoke it after school and like um, before practice, and they just reeked a pot. And I, I never really liked that. It really made me uncomfortable. Um, just the the whole idea of like smoking pot and and everything like that. So yeah, of course I didn't like it that my mom did it. Well, what's, I mean, what was that like for your social life? I mean, did you have friends come over and, you know, the swell of sweet Bob Marley herb is floating through the house? I mean, what happened? Did No, here's, here's the weird thing about my, I, I had a, like, I didn't really have a, much of a social life. And this is where I'm wonder, I've kind of wondered if, if my weekdays and weekends are a reflection of the cycle I'm going through now. Because, like, you know, like I said, during, during the weekday, like, it was... Like, my parents were, like, super strict. It's like, all right, you've got homework and you've got basketball. These, This is what you have to do all week. Like, you know, my dad my dad was always writing my case about basketball, and my mom was always writing my case about school. But then on the weekends, it's, like, freedom. Like, they don't even really, like, they don't even really, I, I, well, not, not care. But um, they just kind of, like, okay, here's the controllers. And I just spend my entire weekend playing video games. And, uh, that was, that was a lot of my social life. I would turn away my friends, you know, my friends would say, Hey John, let's go out and do this this weekend. And I'd say, ah, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this weekend. And so I spent a lot of my weekends just playing video games until I got a girlfriend and then I would spend time with my girlfriend. But if I wasn't, uh, if, if, if I wasn't, um, with my girlfriend, I was pretty much playing video games all weekend. Cause I, you know, like I just had this urge built up and I just, just got it out all over the you know all, all weekend and that was pretty much my social life more or less i didn't go out with friends very much right right and why do you think you played uh, video games so much i mean uh, i'm not sure if it's if it's right or not but i mean it just 
because I felt like that was the only time, like, I, I really enjoyed playing them, so, like, uh, that was that was the only time I was allowed to, so I felt like I had to cram in as much time with games as possible, because it's like, you know, I'm playing, like, Final Fantasy or something, and I'm like, oh, I have to get to, I have to get to this level, or I have to get to this item, or I have to get to this point by the end of the weekend, otherwise I have to wait till next weekend to get it, you know, like, I have to cram it all. Which is the same kind of reward mechanism that we've talked about before, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well-designed video games are psychologically set up to have the right pace of reward system to keep you, quote, hooked, right? Right, of course. Right, okay. Now, the one thing that I think is true about video games and other forms of addictions, I don't, I mean, again, I'm not competent to say whether it was or wasn't, but it seems that way, is that they are, in a sense, and I don't mean this in a bad way, they are an obliteration of the self, okay. of the natural, peaceful, thoughtful, reflective, spontaneous self. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, when I, if I'm going through a stressful period, I'll sometimes play a little bit. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to play video games since Izzy was born, but every now and then I'll, I'll sit down. And what's great about it is for like 20 minutes, if I'm online playing Capture the Flag or something, for like 20 minutes, all I'm thinking about is the game. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's no worry or big picture stuff or reflective stuff or stressful stuff. It's, it's, the game is all-consuming, right? Right, of course, yeah, definitely. And so it kind of empties you out of yourself. Yeah. And again, I don't mean that's a bad thing. I mean, if you're seeing a great play or a great, a great movie or you're listening to a great piece of music, you're just appreciating that at the moment, and there's not... You, there's not a self there in a way, right? Right. An identity. Does that make any sense? No, absolutely, it makes sense. I, I in fact, that it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I can actually step back and, and you know witness myself experiencing that when I when I do play video games. You know, like that I'm turning myself off, kind of, so to speak. Right, right. And it's not turning yourself off through, you know. Uh, yoga or meditation or whatever it's 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 a an excess so to speak of external stimuli right yeah and this i mean i i used to go clubbing when i was a teenager and i used to think this even at the time about nightclubs you know they're so loud they're so bright they're you know people are dressed to, to be hot and all that it's such an excess of external stimuli it's like it's like the empty people inside right there's no nobody there because there's so much external stimuli yeah yeah and so self-management through external stimuli seems to me to be kind of important in this life of yours. And this, of course, is the problem with rewards-based religions, right? Well, yeah. one of the many problems, right? Which is that you're good to go to heaven, and if you're bad, you go to hell, right? Yeah. But that's not, that's not internalizing virtue. That's just punishment and reward, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with your mom nagging you about homework, right? It's not like the homework has value. I'm going to explain to you the value the homework has so that you understand it, so that you can internalize this value set and make your own decisions, right? Right. It's like, do it because I'm telling you to. It has value because I'm ordering you to do it. In other words, the only thing that has value is me bugging you or bullying you to do it. Exactly, yeah. And your values were not internalized to the point where you're playing video games afraid of being caught. That's how little respect you have for your mom's values, right? Right. And, I'm, you know, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just simply pointing it out that you don't, uh, you, you weren't like, well, I shouldn't be playing video games. You were like, I shouldn't get caught playing video games, right? Right, that's true, yeah. Right, so, so that's not internalizing values okay so having kind of having having uh my my because it, it wasn't just my mom it was my dad you know uh, but just having their values imposed on me externally and just me kind of following having to follow that or, or be punished was kind of yeah it's punishment and reward right i mean them. and it's mostly punishment as you get older it gets more punishment and less reward right right yeah and so what happens is you then end up with an external source of behavior modification. 
And so because you haven't internalized your values, you've internalized bullies and rewarders, which is, you know, your parents, your school, your priests, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so for you, it's not like, do I want junk food? It's more like, am I allowed to have junk food? Have I earned it? Ah, now that makes perfect sense. Exactly, yeah. Then so when I, people say, ah, I stop talking, so go, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, because like that's that's actually what I I, I, I do struggle with is it's like um like I can like you know I, I like to go study at Starbucks and like when when I go to Starbucks I even have this internal struggle of you know I want to I want a frappuccino but that's just sugar and that's just you know that's just wasted you know that's empty calories and sugar you you should just get tea John because that's that's uh you know that's uh that's no calorie you know that's 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 better for you you know you shouldn't you shouldn't have the frappuccino so even something as simple you know i i could you know eat salads and fruits and like you know i could eat just a perfect diet for a week and then i think about you know going to starbucks and i'm like but you can't have that frappuccino because uh you know that's not that's not good you know like I, I have to actually like convince myself that something like that is okay. And you see what's missing, sorry, what's missing there, and this is the problem with externally enforced standards, what's missing there is an ego. Right, what fails to develop, and again, you know, I'm using extreme terms, so forgive me, but I don't mean you don't have an ego. I just mean that in terms of judgment about these kinds of things, if you're just battling external influences that you don't respect, right? So, you know, you obviously didn't have a huge amount of respect for your mom's rules, maybe not even your dad's. I assume you're not particularly religious anymore, so your priests and, and your teachers probably had a whole bunch of dumbass rules as well. So what happens is you obey the rules and you resist the rules and like a fugitive in a dictatorship, you trade on the black market of personal pleasures while fearing getting caught at all times, right? But oh, yeah. you still don't internalize your values because you're trying to sneak some satisfaction in a system of values you don't respect that are imposed. And they're not, there's no appeal to your self-interest here. There's just like, you do it because I say so, right? So you don't internalize your choices. You don't try and see if you like it and then not like it or try something different. Like, you know, have three frappuccinos and it's like, ooh, I don't, I don't feel so good, right? Yeah. Um, and sort of develop your own internal values in these areas but you manipulate yourself, you manage yourself, you bully yourself, you reward yourself like you're some sort of damn puppy who's learning not to shit on the rug. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. Right. So, right. I mean, it almost, it almost seems like the cycle of, of um, like, definitely, like, like you said, the, the reward and punishment. So it's like, you know... Um, I'll, I'll have this, you know, like, like I said, for a week, you know, I'll go to the gym three nights. I'll play, you know, volleyball one night. I'll play basketball one night. I'll, I'll study, you know, five out of the seven days, you know, and I'm working, like I said, I'm unstoppable. So then I, like, you know, my reward to that is, well, I, I guess, you know, and I, it's, I don't even think it's conscious, but you know, I guess my reward to that is, well, I guess you can sit on your ass and not do anything for the next few days to a week and then and then I get guilty about that and it's like okay well your punishment for for being lazy all week is you got to do it all over again you got to you got to go back and you got to work off everything you just uh you just did you got to make up kind of like repent you know you got to you got to make up for everything you just wasted you know right. all your time and i i would argue uh, i would argue that this has occurred <laughs> what do i know right it's just my theory right right but but i would argue that this has occurred because because it was unthinkable for you to say, listen, mom, you're talking to me about a half hour of schoolwork. You're smoking pot every day. A, Could you say that one more time? I'm sorry, you, you kind sure. of cut out. Well, to say to, to say to your mom, like it didn't even occur to you to say to your mom, look, you're talking to me about two, 20 or 30 minutes of homework a day, but, but you're smoking pot every day. You know, let's focus on that. You know, we'll get back to my homework tomorrow, but let's focus on on that issue, the yeah. big elephant in the room, that dad's drinking every night, eating crap. You're smoking pot every day. Do you really think that you're in a good position to teach me about discipline? That's true, yeah. 
and 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 just putting off immediate gratification for the sake of the greater good. Do you think that you have a lot of credibility in that, Mom? In other words, who are you to tell me about the deferral of gratification? Right. So, why was that unthinkable? I don't blame you. It's not you're obviously a very very smart guy. But I'm yeah. just the, the question to ask is since it's so obvious and you were telling me like like it would never occur to me. Of course, it occurs to anyone. I'm sure you tell this to. Right. Why was it unthinkable to have that conversation? I think I knew my mom would explode. I think I, I knew her what her reaction would be. I I, I knew I couldn't I couldn't challenge her because she just beat beat me down. You know, in terms of. Um, she would just have an extremely strong emotional backlash. I mean, we could either try role-playing it, or you could just sort of tell me what, what that would sort of look like. Well, I mean, like like I said, even when I tried to, tried to negotiate, you know, not even challenge that, that idea, even just say, well, you know, this doesn't make sense. I mean, she got extremely aggressive and said, look, this is my rule, Monday through Thursday, no video games. Okay, you're not getting the controllers. Like, that's because that's my rule. Okay, but let's let's just say, right? And I I'm not blaming you, and I'm, I'm sure you, what you did was entirely right in the situation. But what would happen if you were to just say, well, no, mom, look, I mean, <laughs> if you have rules, you have to live by them. Otherwise, it's just complete hypocrisy, and I should never have to listen to you. So if you have rules called discipline, called self-control, through called the deferral of gratification, then put out the goddamn doobie once in a while, and then you'll gain my respect for your rules. But I'm not going to follow your rules if you're not even going to be bothered to follow them yourself in a matter that is far more important than half hour of homework. Yeah. What uh, happens then? Well, I can definitely tell you my mom would have uh, her crying fit, make me feel like an asshole, and then my dad would get on my case for making my mom cry. So I would be attacked for pointing out the hypocrisy. Basically. Right, and then you say, well, I, you know, I'm sorry that everybody's so upset, but I think it's time as a family that we started dealing with the various addictions that are floating around here and stop pretending that whether I scribble down some math answers, this is the only goddamn thing we have to deal with as a family. Right. And I actually kind of tried to point those kind of things out last year with my family. I actually had a conversation on the phone with my parents because um, they were expecting me to come home for Christmas. And I told them I didn't want to come home, and I told them why. And I told them because of because of stuff like that. And, and they just kind of they shit all over my middle sister, and like they're just they're just extremely abusive. And I just told them I said, look, like I can't I can't go home and just have like everybody just. Um, I can't. I can't take all the drinking. I can't take all the drugs. I can't take like um, how you guys treat each other. It just like it just drives drives me nuts. I can't enjoy being home. And um, my mom's response to that was, "Well, that's just the way you know the way it is. And you know, every family has problems, but we love each other." So she completely shut that down. And so I can't imagine what it would have been like when I was when I was younger and I, you know, I challenged them. Right. Uh, their, their, their values, you know, I can't imagine what kind of backlash I would get for that. Well, sure you can. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, actually. So what would have happened? Um, I'd get completely just demolished in terms of, I mean, they would just um, completely attack me and just, like, I mean, basically they would just beat me down uh, um, even more, more, strongly with with their uh their authoritative arguments you know right and not not recognize or accept or talk about any of the uh the hypocrisies of this right no oh, absolutely they, they they wouldn't uh you know they probably just say something like well uh, my mom would probably just deny it. she'd probably say well how do you know what pot smells like you know, exposed to it every single day of my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, how how do you know, you know, are you doing it? She'd probably try to, you know, like accuse me of doing something wrong and Well, of course if if me doing part is wrong, then you should stop doing it. If me right, doing yeah. part is not wrong, then you've nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, and I say this like I'm not your family, I'm not fifteen, right? So I mean I'm all kinds of glib, though I would be exactly the same as you in your situation, right? I mean, we all know instinctively how far we can self-actualize or self-manifest or be in a relationship before we step on a landmine that could blow our leg off, right? Yeah, yeah. And now that I think about it, I think I definitely understood that uh, that line as far as I could go. You know. 
Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm no expert, but as far as I understand it, you know, if you're interacting with a drug addict, you're just talking to the drug. You're not talking to the person. Yeah. You're just talking to all the defense mechanisms and self-justifications, and you, you, there's no, right? Yeah. You know, to me, addictions, you're not allowed to develop much of a self, and then you develop addictions to hide that from yourself, so to speak, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right, so I would suggest that there were sort of steps in your development that were, were, were missing, were lacking. Okay. Right? And, you know, I say this through the lens of my own parenting, so God knows whether it, you know, fits or not. Yeah. But my daughter is going through an extremely bossy phase. Okay. And uh, she's almost two and a half now. And she's like, if I'm humming, it's like, no data sing. <laughs> if she's got some boppy music on and I come in dancing, no data dance. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, even if I uh, sort of rest my arm on, on something, uh, no, no data rest your arm. <laughs> you know? yeah. No data sit. Sit over there. Jump, jump from here. Jump with me. Jump with me now. Here. Not there. No. Stand, stand like this. Then we're going to count one, two, three. Then we're going to jump. Right? She's very bossy. And I sort of make a joke. <laughs> Who's being bossy? He's a bad <laughs> So uh, I, I don't know whether this is common. I think it's probably pretty common. Uh, she is exercising her willpower, and she's exercising her, her sense of command. You know, right. she's, she's now able to command her body, so that phase is done. She can do pretty much anything she wants to do, height restrictions notwithstanding. So she's practicing her uh, degree of control over others. Right. And, you know, for the most part, I'm, it doesn't matter to me whether I'm singing or not fundamentally, and it doesn't matter to me whether I'm dancing or not, and it doesn't matter to me if I jump from this cushion or this cushion, so I'm fine with it. I mean, occasionally I'll say no if I don't really feel like it. Right. But um, she is exercising her will over others, and I think that's a, that's a healthy thing, and I think it's a natural thing. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is what's called the terrible twos. <laughs> they don't seem too terrible to me, but this is what they call it, right? Yeah. Now, if there were things that you didn't like and you weren't allowed to express things that you didn't like for fear of for attack or abuse or whatever, then I think a pretty essential phase of development is bypassed. Yeah, right? It is so essential in our families to be able to say, I don't like this. Yeah. To say no, to say I don't want it, I don't like it. And, you know, kids will do it with food, right? I mean, they'll say, I'm just not going to eat this if they yeah, feel I don't, control, right? Well, I don't, I don't know if it would be related, but I was an extremely picky eater. Of course you were. Yeah. Extremely. Of course you were because your parents can order to you to do anything except eat. Yeah. And all they can do is punish you for not eating or reward you for eating, but, right? Yeah. This is why parents and children get into such fights over food. Yeah. It's not about it's not about food, right? Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it certainly feels like um, I wasn't able to, to challenge anything with my mom. I mean, even as as long as I can remember, you know, even when I was very young, I just I just remember like if what I didn't like if my preferences conflicted with with my mom then they just got shut down or they like I was just made to feel guilty you know like you know that's like um you know like basically like I was wrong for for having that opinion and I should adjust my myself my behavior accordingly you know because what what I wanted and and what I liked didn't didn't coincide with what my my mom liked which is like a which is a it's a total UPB violation right right oh absolutely your preferences are bad so my preference is that you shouldn't have any preferences. It's like, well, wait a sec, you have preferences, so, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And so, yeah, so look, let's say that there's a possibility that there's like a, a hole in your development, a void in your development, where, you're, where you get to exercise and act on your own preferences, but instead that was replaced by externalities, religious, school-based, familial-based, familial-based, right? Yeah. Where your relationship to rules is like an atheist relationship to God if he lives in a really, really religious town. He may conform, but he doesn't believe, right? Right, yeah. So you're like, okay, so rules are just, 
They're just punishment and reward systems. They have nothing to do with any intrinsic value or, or self-interest. Right. Right. So, so you have a reward punishment system rather than a virtue system. Yeah, I, th- I, I would definitely agree. Yeah. And the reward punishment system is there to help you avoid the fact that you have a reward punishment system because it keeps you distracted with rewards and punishments, right? Yeah. To avoid the lack of expression of preference and lack of ability to act on preference in your life. Yeah. Right, so you said when your kids are bugging you, right? Yeah, yeah, when, when my kids want to have a frustrating day. Right, right. And, you know, so often our children seem like our parents at times, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Because they, especially if we had immature parents, right, our children will remind us of our parents, right? And so it could be that you don't feel that you have the capacity to sit down with your kids and say, oh, you know, I had a, I had a tough day with you guys. You know, yeah. it started here, and then this happened. I don't know how old your kids are, but but I have these conversations with Isabella, you know, on the occasion, right? So yeah. the other well, day, I, I, I sorry, should yeah. correct. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said my my kids, my students. Sorry, your students. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can. I still, think you can still have these sorts of conversations with with. with yeah, and I, I I try to when I'm feeling frustrated. I've even sat down with them and said, "Guys, I'm feeling really frustrated," and and I said, "Do, do you guys?" you know, notice what's going on. I mean, do you guys, do you guys see that I'm feeling frustrated? And usually they say no. And I'll kind of explain, you know, kind of like, you know, I always try to have them make a promise before class, you know, and say, okay, you know, like, here's what I'd like to do. Um, and here's, uh, you know, like if we can get everything done on time, you know, we have this free time at the end, you guys can play with toys, you can draw on the board or whatever. Is it, is this okay? Can we do this first? And, you know, and I have them, if this is okay, then let's make a promise to work hard and we can have this at the end. So then when they're, when they're not, you know, like, following that and, and they're just kind of um, doing doing their own thing I, you know I, but you see you still have a punishment and reward system right? yeah yeah now that I think about that yeah it's a reward and punishment and look I think there's some aspect of that with kids right I, I think there is some aspect of punishment and reward system with kids but only when they can't genuinely can't understand or empathize so, so I think it's really only appropriate when they're very young and to a very small degree yeah. but I think I think you need to start to step back from the punishment and reward system because that is it's training yourself like a bad puppy. It's not it's not a way of dealing with yourself with respect. Right. Right, because it's like kibbles and sticks, kibbles and sticks. That's your whole damn day, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if I push the red button, I get a slap. If I push the green button, I get a pellet of yeah, it's exactly juice, like right? That. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. That's not a way of dealing with yourself or suspect. And that, of course, is, is to some degree a Catholic thing, that, that, that we are dangerous and we need to be managed, right? Which is the right. same thing the government has. We are dangerous. We need to be controlled, right? Punishment yeah. and reward system, right? Stay out of jail or whatever, right? Get a check from the government. And so I think it's important to step back from the punishment and reward system with yourself and to say, I, I want to treat myself with more dignity and respect than kibbles and sticks. Yeah. And that's not saying don't eat a bag of chips. I mean, because it doesn't have anything to do with the bag of chips. It doesn't have anything to do with when you go to the gym. Uh Right? It has to do with I have to want something other than kibbles and sticks. Okay. Because that is not the same as wanting something. Punishment and reward is not the same as desire. Okay. Do I want to go to the gym? Whether I punish myself or not. Whether I reward myself or not. Let's pretend I'm not going to punish myself. I'm not going to reward myself in any way. That, that We're done with that. Do I want to go to the gym? Do I want to play a video game? Forget punishment and reward, right? Yeah. If I want to go to the gym, absence of punishment and reward, then I can go to the gym. If I want to play a video game, absence of punishment and reward, if I want to do it all weekend. But I'm not going to punish myself afterwards. Okay. And I'm not going to reward myself by going to the gym. Because otherwise, these things, are you're no longer living in the moment. You're living in the future fork right. of kibbles and sticks, right? You're living in the future. You're not living in the now. You're just always looking down the road for whether you're getting kibbles and sticks around the bend, right? Right, yeah. It's, it's constantly, like you said, looking around the bend, kind of, uh, what's, 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 you know, what's, what's going to occur after this, you know, kind of like, where do, where do I go after this is finished or whatever kind of thing. Right, so yeah, if you play video games all weekend, then play video games all weekend. But not for the sake of building up stored credits or bleeding off an excess of virtue or, or whatever, right? Yeah. 
but, but because you want to or don't want to. Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually been trying to, um, I've actually been trying to take that approach. I would say probably, probably since I started therapy, I've been trying to take that approach of, I'll ask myself, you know, because I'll, you know, let's say I'll originally plan to go to the gym and then it's just like, well, I'm exhausted. You know, I was really busy at work and I just, I didn't sleep well last night and I'm just really exhausted. So like I try to tell myself, you know what, John, it's okay. You don't, you don't have to go to the gym. It's not, it's not gonna, you know, it's, you don't have to feel guilty about that. You, you don't have to feel bad, you know, just, you just listen to your body and just follow, <clears throat> follow what you want to do and not, not what you feel like you have to commit to or what you have to do. Right. Because every time you do the punishment and reward, you lower your capacity to experience genuine desire or aversion next time. It, it has a cost down the road every time you do it. Yeah. Right. So if you, like, even if you say, like, say, yeah, I mean, I think everybody who works out faces the same thing, you know, I don't want to, I'm tired or whatever. Right. And yeah. to me, it's like, okay, so I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not going to, and I'm not, it's not going to be a black mark against me that I have to work off, yeah. right? If I go to the gym, it's not going to be a tick mark that I get to earn, that I can use like, like credit, like, like some sort of monopoly money to buy yeah. and sell favors for myself. I mean, this is crazy, right? It feels like that system sometimes. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's like, it's like a black market of the self, right? Or <laughs> yeah, the selfless. It is. Right. Yeah. So, John, but, how, many, how many stars do you have this yeah, week? Yeah. yeah, no, and, and that is not... Uh, that is, you know, that's maybe fine for toilet training two-year-olds, but it's not the way <laughs> that we want to live uh, uh, as adults, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you, you don't punish or reward yourself so that you can have a genuine experience of desire or aversion for the thing itself. And so that you can establish boundaries because, of course, people around us will constantly sense whether we work on the punishment and reward system and will attempt to try and hook into that, right, to get to control us. Yeah. Right, so if you've got kibbles and sticks in your uh, arsenal – then other people will constantly try and push those buttons for you if they're not, you know, mature people. And Lord knows there's enough people in the world to keep worrying about that. Uh, they'll keep trying. To, so it, it, lend, it lends you to be susceptible to the manipulations of others if you're on a punishment and reward system yourself. Because oh, yeah, those, those I, buttons go two ways. They go outside of you as well as inside of you. Yeah, and I, I would say I definitely experienced that at least in my last relationship, Hardcore. I mean, like... Uh I, I I feel like I was manipulated a lot by my by my last girlfriend, so right. I definitely can see that yeah playing out. So and so my suggestion, you know, and I don't want to keep you, you know, it's, you gotta get some sleep before school. But my suggestion would be first of all, I, I mean, thank you for bringing this up. I know it's a really tough topic. Thank you for getting up at three in the morning. I know that's a hell of a thing to do. Oh, thank you for taking the time to to talk with me about it. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I would go into therapy next time you talk about therapy and and talk about what you couldn't say in your family. What was what was verboten? What was what was absolutely forbidden to say in your family um, about things that you didn't like in your family? Okay. Um, I think that's a huge phase of development that so many of us don't get to experience. Yeah. And I I, th I think that in there is the root of undoing the addiction to punishment and reward. Because to me, all addictions are about punishment and reward. And, and what happens is the punishments grow and the rewards diminish over time, right? Because you just get worn out. So uh, I, I would focus on that. Look, maybe it'll lead nowhere. What do I know, right? But I, I, my gut tells me that that's, that's a very fertile place to go because there's a lot of unspokenness, a lot of unspoken assertiveness, a lot of unspoken preferences that are very important for you uh, that yeah. you did not get to express in your family, that you didn't get to express in your last relationship. And of course, you've ended up in a culture which is entirely driven by punishment and reward, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy here sometimes. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that would be my suggestion. Um, but, but tell me, what, what, I mean, was this useful? Was this down, down, did we go down a useful path? Is there anything I could have done better? Oh, no. I, I, uh, you provided me with some really great insight. I, I had never really – I mean, I kind of had a vague kind of feeling that it was kind of that reward and punishment just because, you know, like I said, it was kind of cyclical. But, like, I, I didn't make that connection – you know, like you pointing out with my mom and her smoking pot and the hypocrisy and, and how my, my values were imposed on me externally and how I never got a chance to kind of develop my own. And that definitely made me think about what steps I need to take in terms of developing my own, my own preference system and, and you know, kind of uh, avoiding, avoiding the, the system that I've placed myself in.
Right, and that's why I constantly say to people, do not turn philosophy into a punishment and reward system, because I think a lot of people are drawn to philosophy because they didn't go through that phase of self-expression in terms of preferences, and therefore we kind of need rules in the absence of a self. And so it's always been my goal to help people avoid turning philosophy into punishment and reward, uh, but rather into self-knowledge, which I think undoes that in a much more uh, generic and, and uh, natural way. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's that's even what, uh, you know, I even, even struggle with that too, you know, of not of not turning you know philosophy into, into you know that of like you know meet you the to, new you know, boss same as yeah. the old boss yeah oh yeah, yeah. so all right listen man go get some sleep and okay. uh, drop me a line if you do let me know uh, if you've had a chance to talk to your therapist at some point just drop me a line let me know if, if it was fertile ground to cover and i really really appreciate the conversation oh no i really appreciate it do you um can I, can I ask if, if this was recorded and if so, if I would be able to receive a, a copy of the recording so I could go yeah, through it? Yeah, I, uh, I will have a look and uh, I will send it off in a day or so. Okay, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So, okay, thank you. get Thanks some sleep. So Good night. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.